Do you think that classical music is not for you and you don't know where to start? Or maybe you're a fan already and would welcome a fresh approach. You've come to the right place. Perfect pitch is for everyone, beginners or experts, whatever your age. Lend Nick Healy Hutchinson your ears for his weekly dose of classical music that will enrich your life. The music of Mikhail Glinka doesn't get much of an airing these days, but it's no exaggeration to say that without him, it's unlikely that a Russian style of music would have developed in the way it did. His travels to Europe in around 1830 exposed him to a style of composition which he took back to Russia and made his own, in much the same way his fellow painters did with their travels to France. Certainly, he was the first to be recognised in his native land as having any notable talent. Mussorgsky, Tchaikovsky and Rinsky-Korsakov all owe much of their musical style to Glinka. We're going to start with the overture to his opera Ruslin and Ludmilla, which, to be brutally honest, is pretty well the only part of the opera which gets any exposure these days, played, as it most often is, as a curtain raiser in the concert hall. So that's what we'll use it for today. It's a sprightly, jolly piece, with some European influences thrown in, but in the end, it's unquestionably Russian in flavour, and it's not hard to see why it paved the way for some of the big names I mentioned earlier. Glinka's overture to his opera Ruslin and Ludmilla is played here by the Orchestre de Paris, conducted by Pavel Yevi. <laughs> Thank you. 
2020 marked the 150th anniversary of the birth of the Austro-Hungarian composer Franz Lehár in 1870. Barely any mention was made of this, no doubt because it clashed with the 250th anniversary of Beethoven's birth, and there was only ever going to be one winner in that competition. But as the son of a Hungarian mother in command of his own podcast, I'm in the perfect position to restore a little balance. So we're going to spend a few minutes on the lighter side of classical music now, but no less melodic for that. If Johann Strauss was the waltz king, Leha was at the very least a prince of the operetta, alongside others such as Offenbach, Johann Strauss, and of course, Gilbert and Sullivan. Leha wrote about 30 of them, most of them light-hearted and humorous stories about vulnerable women, the most famous of which is Die Lustige Witwe, The Merry Widow, a smash hit and popular all over the world since its first performance in 1905. Classical music doesn't always have to be heavy and serious. The staunch Wagnerians amongst you will probably turn your noses up now, but this final brief duet is a great tune. Hannah Glavari has inherited a massive fortune on the death of her husband, and it's everyone's hope that the inheritance will stay in Pontevedro to avoid the country going bankrupt. Her previous lover, Count Danilo, was prevented from marrying her by his father because she had nothing to show for herself so it's a bit like breaking up just before your other half scoops the lottery. But although they love each other still, he is not going to be seen courting a wealthy woman, and she will refuse to marry him unless he declares his love for her. I only set the background to make sense of this final duet, because of course there are all manners of twists and turns along the way. But in a nutshell, he is saying that I can tell by the touch of your hand that you fancy me. She, admitting she does... Sei mine, sei mine, be mine, be mine, followed by a joint declaration of love. Okay, it's a bit mushy, but don't try telling me it's not a good tune. The duet is sung here in a live performance by the much-lamented Dmitri Avorostovsky. What a voice this man had. With Elena Garancha. It's quite a combination. Thank you. 
As it's unlikely we'll return to this man any time soon, I hope the purists amongst you won't object to one more from the same hand. Dein is mein ganzes Herz, you are my heart's desire, comes from Leha's operetta The Land of the Smiles. It's also a good excuse to play the voice of one of the great lyric tenors, the German Fritz Wunderlich, who made a name for himself in Mozart repertoire and German songs. He also died prematurely at just 36 after tripping on his shoelaces and falling from a staircase. But this is some voice.
Having mentioned Beethoven in the same breath as Lehar, let's finish with that maestro today. Not long ago, we listened to the slow movement of Beethoven's Fifth Piano Concerto, and I alluded to the fact that in its entirety, the fourth is my favourite. So we're going to finish today with the final movement of that concerto, a skipping and jubilant rondo. This concerto, you might remember, was played for the first time in that marathon four-hour concert on a freezing December evening in 1808, when only the music of Beethoven was played, including, amongst much else besides, a first outing for his fifth and sixth symphonies. I'm sure they loved the music, but it must have all been a bit overwhelming, especially when Beethoven decided to start the choral fantasia all over again, when they failed to meet his exacting standards. The concerto was revolutionary from its opening seconds. It was the first piano concerto to open with five bars on the piano alone. A soloist playing Beethoven's third has to sit there for over three minutes before getting a first touch. And it's a device which has not been used often since, most notably, of course, in Rachmaninoff's famous second piano concerto. 
This recording is with Mikhail Pletnev, a Russian whose friendship with Gorbachev gave rise to the first non-state-funded orchestra in Russia since 1917. What I like about it is that he gets the balance between playfulness and weighty Beethoven perfectly. There's plenty of variety in colour, subtle changes of tempo and a few doses of improvisation, all of which I'm sure Beethoven would have approved. If you know the piece well, you will certainly notice him taking a few liberties here and there, but it adds up to a spirited and thoroughly joyful sprint.
That's it for now. Thank you for listening to Perfect Pitch with Nick Healy Hutchinson. He'll be back again next week with some more treasures for you, so please do join him then. And you can subscribe to this podcast by clicking on the link below.